All right. Hello. Welcome to a once again late episode of Soberish. And how mysterious that my throat chakra starts closing up right before we start. I do have a lot to talk about. I don't know if I'm going to get into it, but I've enlisted uh, Ryan Singer to come assist in getting this goddamn <laughs> podcast out. Also, I because you, you mentioned it the other night and I forgot to... Uh, see if you wanted some sapphire. Sapphire, because I think you said something on Instagram about lapis lazuli uh, for the throat chakra, but sapphire apparently is also very good. I usually wear a sapphire pendant when I perform. Really? For my throat sapphire, chakra. What is sapphire? Um, I can show it to oh, you. Oh, sapphire. Uh, PP, uh, yeah, I just also want Pisces. I just realized I have no idea what my birthstone is because I've claimed Aquarius for so long. Today I was looking at amethyst and was like, oh, that's not my birthstone anymore. But yeah, the aliens told me to go get some lapis, so I went to Venice. Oh well, Beach. then yeah, I mean that's that's, that's a good. I, that's, that's a good, good one. to know. I love lapis lazuli and then too. Look just at this fucking moonstone. Bracelet. Oh shit! What? I love moonstone. Fuck. I love I, moonstone. I've been, I've been to some of these L.A. crystal stores, and I've walked through and I've picked up every single crystal, and I'm like. I don't know if it's because your store is fake awake garbage or if because you get these stones by like they might be unethically sourced stones. Unethically sto- uh exactly. I might as well be picking up just like chunks of plastic. And so I went down to Venice Beach and there's like um an Egyptian store and an Indian store. Um and I got a lapis. I got this moonstone bracelet. And as soon as I picked it up, I was like, yes. And this lapis, which also, uh, you know, an eighth of the price of the, the yeah. stupid uh, fake awake store. And then I was trying to find a necklace and was like, I know that you have it here, but I can't I don't see it. And then, like, back in a hidden thing, I was like, is that lapis in there? And he was like, yes. And I was like, that's mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I came here for that. Can you see it? it yeah, that's, be, that's a great pendant. I love yeah, that. needs to be clean. $25 if I tried to buy wow, this. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's insane, right? I just gave away my secret teachings of the ages to somebody. Oh, I send that book to people, like, via thriftbooks.com or whatever like three oh foot tall one. you gave that one away i gave it away yeah too much taking up too much space or it was just, just they, was, they needed it it was his cool yeah. what we, a uh, great book yeah i love that fucking book so much before the marvelous ms Maisel came out that tv show uh-huh i was like i need to write the screenplay for the life of manly p hall and call it the magical mr manly would be oh, like wow. the great name of the movie right and then the marvelous miss Maisel came out but I was like, I guess I could still call it the magical Mr. Manly, but it all yeah. it, it sounds too similar to me. It's good alliteration, though. Yeah, and he uh, his talks that are out there, um, I've been listening to him for years, and apparently Noah Lampert's been uh, like remixing a lot of the old Manly P. Hall stuff and putting them on his YouTube, and like you know cleaning them up and making them better because like they sound the audio is pretty bad on most of them. They're all like oh I bet and Manly. I don't, have you ever listened to any of his talks? I did. I have that book and I like honestly haven't read it. I read it in the corner of that house and then I don't even remember how I got the big version. They're just so cool. I'll listen to him when I'm hiking. He was around and stuff. when he's gone now. He's right? gone. He was pretty old when he died. And according to his wife, who might be his late wife now, because I think she may have also died. I'm not sure that she's convinced he was killed 
by these two guys who were his quote unquote caretakers, they had almost gotten him to sign over like all of the uh, PRS, like all the philosophical research societies, like money and all this kind of, they were trying to steal his money and then killed him. And the wife, so there's like a lot of intrigue to like his death, which is always good for a movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but unfortunately I think he was killed, but he was quite old. I think he might have been like 90. Was he killed by dark forces that wanted to shut down the information he was putting out or just regular old Greedy crooks? bastards. Okay. Greedy, like con men kind of grifters. I just got done having a long conversation about Left Eye being killed and that conspiracy theory. So Oh, I, I don't know. even know that one. I can only vaguely remember Left Eye made a documentary. You know what I'm talking about from TLC. She made a documentary and she, I think it was about, she woke up, if I remember correctly, she had woken up and that the documentary had something in there about it and then she died. And so I was just talking to someone about her having been murdered. But this is all very vague um, because I only vaguely remember, I was at a, you know, I was at a commission when that movie came out. I remember watching that and being like, oh, she's awake. But um, now I don't remember any details. I can't believe how bad my throat chakra got, like, from that conversation to here. Very interesting. Yeah, I've never even, I didn't even know she made a documentary. I'll have to check it out. It's got to be available somewhere. Yeah, I watched it somewhere. I gotta I'm, like, cautious when it comes to, I used to be deep into conspiratorial thinking and conspiracy theories. And for good reason, because, you know, many of them are true. Um, but then, like, I realized at some point, and it happened to my brother, uh, like really bad. I we used to like get into these really intense political arguments, and the argument would be him talking about politics and me saying, "Hey, man, there's bigger things going on. I'm not going to sit here and argue Republican versus Democrat with you because nah. first of all, the two party system is totally bullshit and totally flawed. The fact that two party system is even a phrase that everyone knows and associates with the left and the right here in this country shows you how fucked up it is. That's like like that's not real democracy. Having two choices. Pick a side, motherfucker. Like I'm not getting into it. You need to like you need to start looking into some of this other shit. Right. And this was years ago. So I turned him on to Alex Jones before Alex Jones went like full on fucking ape shit shit, right and then he latched onto that shit people in my at least my brother and i i know this about my brother and i I, it's i call it extreme personality disorder (laughs) like we but we both have like an extreme personality when like we get into something like hardcore and he went even further with it he lost his job um at the time talking about uh 9-11 while he was at work being in it like and he worked for like a title company. So people would be signing over, signing 30 year mortgages as he, he was a closer. Right. And the guy brought it up and then he took that and ran with it. And the realtor called his boss and was like, you're, you know, he's talking about nine 11 being an inside job and all this kind of shit. And, you know, yells at me (gasps) for drinking a diet Coke because it's because of the aspartame and then blah, 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 blah. Right. So, I mean, he went fucking hog wild with it. Right. Ends up losing his job. Um, and I realized before that had happened, like there's at the end, at the bottom of every rabbit hole, somebody like Alex Jones is trying to sell you a bunker yeah. or MREs, exactly. you know what I mean? Yep. And there's no, there's no light in being consumed by conspiratorial thinking. And this started happening about five years ago, I'd say, where I started, this is when I knew I had to get out because I started noticing everything 
now was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever just happened to somebody. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I was like, in the future, this will be reality. And, you know, here we are now. Everything is fake news. Everything is a conspiracy. Some people just die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and not Jeffrey Epstein. But not Jeffrey else. Epstein, for sure. Not <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, that Epstein. one's so obvious. That, that one's it's like, this is not even a conspiracy. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, and everyone knows it's so obvious. And yet we're all just like, well, what can we do? Yep. You know, uh, I guess that's just how it happens. Um, but that one's that one's way too obvious. Yeah. But, uh, and my life has been much better um, since then. I still, my brother will get mad at me sometimes. He went on this, I don't think he'd mind me talking about it. Because um, he, actually, he, we did a whole episode of mine where he talked about it all. So he wouldn't mind me sharing this personal information. But he went on like the great apology tour, he called it. Because for years, for like about four years, you couldn't be around him. Yeah. No matter what we talked about, it went into fluoride in the water or aspartame or whatever else it like or the Bilderberg group or you know all these other things like you could be talking about oh oh, how was your soccer game today you know and he'd be sitting there be like oh you know uh entertainment and sports is the great distraction and blah 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 you know blah blah yeah he'd find a way in yeah yeah and so he uh his girlfriend left him uh he lost his job um he couldn't find another job for a while he was just sitting at home listening to fucking Alex Jones Right. He started to sound like him. Like I'd be talking to him on the phone and he'd be like, and then I want to tell you another thing about the." And I'm like, dude, your cadence has changed. You've you sat you're you're like you set you're, you're saturated yeah. with it. Yeah. And so he went on. The, he like snaps out of it somehow. I don't know what happened. Maybe he just hit rock bottom enough or was there long enough. And he goes on the great apology tour, apologizing to everyone he ever <laughs> knew uh, and hung out with for like the last three or four years. And then he, you know, got a lot better. And God, life, that's like a, the trajectory good. of a drug addict or an alcoholic. Yeah. That's insane. And the thing is, is they're right. You know, a bunch of that stuff is true. And it is, it is like a, it's a form of awakening. I, d- I don't encourage it. A lot of us have done it, right? I Like I've definitely had the sky is falling phase in my awakening. And it's like, yeah, you're being lied to. It, it's not really helpful to focus on it. Uh, you find out you've being lied to about one thing, and next thing you know, you're staring at the sun uh, because everything feels like a lie. You know. Yeah, because now you're trying to like staring at the sun. But yeah, you, now you're into sun gazing, which I have tried. The are you talking about sun gazing specifically? I burnt like my eyes because I was convinced that the the sun was. They tell you not to look at the sun. I had gotten to the point where I was like, everything they said. Oh, I thought you were talking about because it's one of the steps of the pineal gland cleanse too, or reopening the pineal gland to decalcifying it. Is sun gazing is one of the steps. Yeah. And I always tell people, just I was like, you know what, make your own decisions. You're a grown up, but I did the like, you know, the first 15 minutes of sunrise, uh, 15 minutes of sundown. Is how you're supposed to do it. Is yeah. How you're sp- and, but even then, I was like, you know what, I'm not fucking with this part of it. Um, I did the noon sun for four, like I did the middle of the day sun for hours and hours. And I I have pretty small burns in my eyes considering what I did. Like I tell doctors what I did and they're like, you should be (laughs) blind. (laughs) And it really was like very manageable until I turned 40. And then I'm like, how much of this is. Have you seen Under the Dome? The documentary about the flat earth. I think it's called Under the Dome. No, that's a TV show. That's a shitty TV show. Um, the There's last days of left eye, real quick, is this. Oh, okay. She's at a spiritual retreat, is what the movie is about. Oh, okay. She dies shortly after, accidentally. Um, 
I love a good documentary about this stuff. And like, oh, I love how t- the the mirror there on the time, uh, what time oh, it yeah. is. And so the, uh, what was it? Oh, the, the Flat Earth documentary. I, forget, I wish I could remember what it's called, but it's really good. It's like from an outsider's perspective, just following all the biggest names in Flat Earth. And there's a guy, there's like some really proactive like Flat Earthers who are like trying to set up their own experiments and really like try to prove and get the science on it. Right. And I don't want to spoil a documentary, but there's this one kid who's really into it and he sets up this pretty elaborate experiment and it's at towards the end of the, towards the end of the documentary, there's a payoff and you get to see this kid's like reaction once he realizes the results. Oh, interesting. And it's one of the most human moments you'll see in a documentary where someone is like faced with like, and I won't say which way it goes, but they're faced with like the results of this test that they have devised to prove one way or another what reality truly is. Interesting. And it's pretty fucking cool. I don't think it's crazy that people feel like they're being lied to. Like, I, you know, I, th- I think it's a sensation that they're being lied to and it's easy to project that onto anything. But with multiple timelines, it's like, yeah, I think there's a timeline that exists where there's a, uh, you know, we have parasitic overlords that are, you know, shapeshifters. That timeline is here. It's the timeline that we're on. <laughs> That's what this episode was supposed to be about, was I got all these downloads about 6D and circumventing the parasitic systems, like stop asking these systems to be something different than they are. When I talk about systems, I mean... the uh, medical industrial complex, the the white supremacy, the uh, when I say government, I'm lumping all this stuff together, but I don't mean the Republican Democrat shit show that is you feels mean the like, ma- the, like feels the like overall machination that we're watching. Yeah, but it's kind of just the the oppressive systems that are just the hamster wheels that everyone's on poverty, you know, this fucking debt, college stuff, you know. And I started getting some downloads about ways to just make new systems, just make new systems and render the old systems obsolete and was kind of clued into how many people have woken up over the course of the last two years and how many of them are like doctors, lawyers, like people with money and people enmeshed in these systems who are now like, oh, okay, I have woken up and I am supposed to change these systems and that we find each other through the internet and things like this podcast and stuff and we just make new systems and we make the old systems obsolete rather than asking asking to join so you can change from the inside no trojan horse shit anymore exactly it's trying to legislate stuff in in this is rigged this system is rigged let's do this new system And so I got some specifics on stuff and kind of started to connect with other people. There were a couple of things. And I'm not going to get into it, though, because I don't think it's time to get into it yet. But um, I was really excited to record a podcast on it. And then my voice went out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take that as a clue. And then I started. So there's another big piece that's coming your way. Exactly. That'll sink in with everything else that you need. I do think I want to drop this seed in people's minds. So I want. Because part of what we're doing is we're taking things out of the flow of variations or whatever they would say in reality, transurfing. But part of what we do 
is we create things just by imagining them. So here's just some ideas. And what's weird is then that whole week that I was getting these downloads, the people that were calling me for readings were lawyers, doctors, architects, um, tech people, people kind of in the system. And they, they're what I would call like 60 download of the thing that they are supposed to bring to the collective is very different than the mystics and the healers and the shaman. So everybody's waking up and everybody's like, okay, how do we change this? But here are some things. One thing, then I, someone sent me some video of Prince. I think it was called one. It only had like a thousand downloads, but he goes into this long thing about reality is created by the art. I'll share it. So I'll share it on Twitter or something that reality is created by art, not vice versa. And so this is like recorded in 1999 back when there was a lot of like violence and everything else in movies. And he was like, we are creating this reality that we're living in with this art. Yeah. I really do feel people are, we are in a period of darkness for sure. People binge darkness, mm-hmm. um, whether it's all serial killer, it's all murder shit. Like that's like the most popular entertainment stuff. People are consuming. And when I binge a show, um, I'd love to, if I was a college professor in, in psychology, I would do a whole course on the effects of binge watching television and specifically different types of shows. Because when I binged Mindhunter, because it was just so well made, which is a show like... It's about murder, right? Yeah. And I don't usually get into that. Like, I never even like to watch boxing. Because I was like, real blood doesn't do it. Like, I don't need real blood in my life, in my entertainment. You know, that, like, I yeah. don't like MMA, like boxing or anything like that. Um, and I've never been obsessed with serial killers. And um, I binged that show because it was so good. And, like, I remember, like, saying to, like, roommates and, like, other people, like, I don't want this shit in my head, man. Like, it fucked me up for a couple weeks where just dark images in my head because there was a lot of, like, violence against children in that movie. Yeah. Or in that television show. And it's like, I just don't need that shit floating around in here. Like, these aren't my thoughts. Like, these aren't my thoughts. These thoughts were put into my fucking head. Shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I can't, I can't handle that shit. But that is our society right now. I mean, this is, like, really making it, like, boiling it down maybe too much. But, I mean, it's pervasive in every area of our world and entertainment especially. I mean, what's the most popular thing in comedy? Roast battles, right? Yeah. Tear a motherfucker down. But it's in love. But is it really? You know what I mean? Like, it's roasting people's... The, uh, the roast battle rebirthed the comedy store back into prominence. You know what I mean? The comedy store was whatever. And then the roast battle comes along. And now the comedy store is the hottest place in town again for the last few years. Yeah. All the serial killers. Yeah, like I know. I'm just. But it's like, um, it's it's like we're obsessed with the darkness uh, when it comes to entertainment, and like, you know, the entertainment industry, the complex that it is, it's putting all that shit out there, and people are gobbling it up. That has. To, I feel like that is a manifestation of the end of karma, though. I feel like we have to. I think that's why incest is the most popular porn right now is where it feels like we have a toothbrush and it's like we're cleaning, we're just getting it uh, like every So like the, the hornet's nest has been just stirred up. Yeah, like we have to, 
we have to merge with the darkness, the darkness and the light, the end of dichotomy, right? And so we have to embrace it and we're like embracing it. The vibe in 1999's violence is so different than now because now it's like so balls out. A lot of kids stuff, right? Because it's the worst. It's the just violent murder. And we're like housewives are listening to this shit before going to bed. And to me, I feel like that's a positive because we're short-circuiting the dichotomy system, right? It is a lot of darkness, but like we have to... Um, graduate did someone just walk by Mm -hmm. okay thank god we have to uh we have to graduate (laughs) i feel like maybe this chair is breaking but i might be paranoid we have to graduate from karma this good bad right wrong light dark you know it's all the same thing do you want to switch chairs no i think it'll be funny if i break i wouldn't be surprised how much more do you think i've had that chair for a while so well we're gonna find not much longer (laughs) I, uh, so I feel like it's positive now, but I do think that we are coming towards, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of people are having dreams about us battling right now. I think that we might be at some sort of, we might be having some sort of showdown with the old world, but it's just happening in the dream space. It's just happening psychically, you know? Um, which would be tight. I would like to all of the book of revelations plays out, but it's just playing out energetically. That would be pretty cool. The first screenplay I ever wrote was based on the book of revelations. Yeah. And my grandfather called me essentially called me a heretic or whatever. A what a buzzkill grandpa. Right. Cause I, I talked about the, the movie idea at dinner. The idea was called second coming. And I used my own imagination to interpret the, the symbology and all that shit and like what was happening in the book of revelations to mean that it was like a post-apocalyptic movie. And then the whole thing is to try to unlock, to make it possible for Jesus to come back, right. For salvation to happen. And what the hero finds out along the way is that this isn't the second time Jesus has come back. This is like the millionth time Jesus has come back and human beings just keep fucking it up right and so it just keeps it's a cycle that just keeps happening and happening but you know the source of love and light in in the universe is like believing that eventually we'll figure it out right but then you have the devil who also knows that before we do figure it out he has a chance even if it's tiny to to like consume the world in darkness if he can get the human the humans to do like a couple things before, you know, cause they're, they're failing, but they're not like giving in to the dark all the way. Right. Right. And so it's like a battle between, it's like the devil trying to win every time. So the devil keeps losing a million times. Right. Even though he hasn't won either, I mean, but he, or he loses, but he, you know, anyway, it was like, and I was, I was like, Oh, I'm so into it. And like, this is what these things mean. And blah, 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 blah. And my grandpa was like, that sounds like blasphemy. Yeah, it's so weird yeah. uh, the way that Christians look at this stuff. They're so spooked by the the devil too. I um, was born again Christian, and then when I when I died, you know, I believed I was a backslidden Christian before that, and so I had a lot of questions about the Bible, and was told that the Bible was secret. Most of it was secret knowledge passed down from people that were awake in a world where people were asleep. And they said that the the devil's just fear. And that if you go back and read the entire book, 
the devil is because there's a dichotomy of love and fear because we're living in a 3D fear-based reality. And so they're like, if you go back and read anything in the Bible talking about the devil, it's just fear. And uh, it really puts a different spin on the Bible. And it makes a lot of sense we're, because we're just like the devil's evil and everything else. It's like it's literally just like fear. this singular entity that's out there trying to yeah, like, it's a hey, spirit. come over here and do this thing I want you to do. There's and, a conversation between God and, and, and the devil about Job, you know, Job. Oh, I mean, that guy. Poor dude. I mean, I, I, I used to want to do like years ago. I wanted to do a, uh, an Old Testament a rock and roll musical. Uh huh. And I just wanted Job, like the story of Job, to be set to Aqualung <laughs> by Jethro Tull. It's like, sitting on a dung heap, bound, <laughs> skin all covered in boils. Hey, Job. But I like, love how many, uh, you have a movie for every... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's how I, like, processed my uh, my religious upbringing uh, and tried to, like, compartmentalize it, I guess. Oh, you were indoctrinated. Oh, yes. Weird, and we years, haven't dated. Yeah, 12 years of Catholic school. Um, and then I actually had a big period, not a big period. Well, I'd consider it a big period from like 20 to 21 to like 24 where I like, I call it a relapse into like extreme religious thinking. Oh shit. Um, and by that, I mean, I thought the world was ending. I didn't think that like gay people shouldn't get married or any of that shit. But it was like, I honestly thought I saw the signs of the end times around me and I had like a mental breakdown. I dropped out of college, moved to Los Angeles, thought I was going to be a star. I lived here for like two and a half months and like had a mental breakdown and just drove back to Ohio and then was just super religious for about three and a half years. What year was that? This was, um, I dropped out of college in 90, after the 98 school year. So um, it was early 99. Hmm. Yeah, there was a huge awakening in 99, 2000. Yeah, so it was like... Like Prince said... Yeah, well, it was actually, I moved out to California probably later in this late summer in 99. That's when I started doing meth. Oh, wow. And I woke up in January of 2000. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that's right around the same time because I drove my car. I had a two-door Saturn when I was living out here. And I just packed up my shit and left. Also an interesting metaphor there. Yeah, and so... The Saturn. I drove... Oh, yeah. And so... I drove, I didn't think, I'm like, it's warm in California. I didn't even think about it. So I took 15 North to 70 because 70 goes from, you know, essentially from Utah all the way to Dayton, Ohio, my hometown. So I, I'm making that drive and now I'm in a fucking blizzard in the Rocky mountains. And it says like chains on wheels required or whatever. I don't know what any of that shit means. I just keep driving and I am in a fucking blizzard and I know I can't stop because I'm the only one on the road. There's not even people, there's no one else out there. It's pitch, It's like I was driving so slow, you know, in like Star Trek when they went to warp drive. Uh-huh. That's what it looked like for hours. And I was like, I can't stop or I'll get covered in snow. Um, I've got no money to get a hotel anywhere. Um, I've got just enough money to, for gas and some snacks to make it. And so I drove for nearly 24 hours straight and I'm descending the Rocky Mountains at sunrise and... There's a giant stuffed gorilla in the car with me named Farley. I bought him right after Chris Farley died. And because Chris Farley was one of my favorites. And so um, that gorilla fucking talked to me while I was in the mountains in that blizzard. Wow. Kept me, he kept me awake 
and he kept me like on the road, kept me. It sounds weird to say, but talking that gorilla talking to me kept me sane. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's not a weird thing to say to me, but yeah. Yeah. And so we, we were descending down the mountains. Farley and I are descending down the mountains. And it's so fucking beautiful and exhilarating. It's the first time I've ever driven out of the Rocky Mountains uh, headed east. And the sun is rising. And I'm so exhilarated. I'm like, we're not sleeping. We're driving the whole way. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and then we got another about an hour. And I was yeah. like, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're like, dude, I could drive all night. It is 15 minutes later yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. like, okay, I'm going to go to mistake. sleep now. <laughs> this was a mistake. But yeah, that was, uh, I mean, I thought I was trying to get my friends to get their shit together because I thought that Jesus was coming back and all this crazy stuff. So we are Jesus. We, um, I was told, I might have read this, but I, I think I was, if I did read it, it was like a synchronicity, but um that the first coming of Christ was a man and the second coming was a generation is a generation. And when I was being indoctrinated, we, uh, the pastor loved to talk about what Christ means that Christ wasn't Jesus's last name. It was a job title and the job title meant the anointed one. And the anointed one means the burden removing yoke, destroying power of God. And that the burden and the yoke have to do with, uh, ox have to what they have to drag behind them is the burden and the thing that connects them to each other and the burden is the yoke and that is uh it, so then ox would be free if you could remove the burden and destroy the yoke then the, the they would no longer be a prisoner to dragging this thing behind them which is exactly what we are in right now the light workers i guess i'm just going to say that every episode unironically uh, everyone who is waking up right now is carries something inside of them that is meant to change the world so that all of the normal people just get to move into all these people that you are, you're having to like let go of right now because they're not in resonance. You're actually building the world for them. Maybe even the parasites. I don't know, but uh, you are removing the burden and destroying the yoke of Satan, which is just fear, which is just the premise, the dichotomy, the fake enemy, the false enemy of the old world. So we are the second coming of Christ. It's a, it's a, it's consciousness. The ascension people call it Christ consciousness, and it is like permeating through the collective right now. But what's really interesting is the timestamps where certain people woke up and you, sounds like you, tapped in at the exact same time that I tapped in, had a very similar experience where I definitely thought I was Jesus for a while. I was like, it's just <laughs> me. I'm here to do this. But there was actually a collective of us that would all find each other 20 years later. and That's so again. weird. It is. I started researching, like, can I be a Christian comedian? Like, can I be a comedian that uh, delivers like powerful messages to people, uh, you know, as opposed to just being like, this is my dick over here, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so then I, <laughs> I don't know that that's comedy, but I've seen yeah, a lot yeah, of people try. Yeah. It. That's, you know, a lot of people's idea of comedy anyway. And then, um, and then I, once I got back into comedy a few years later, after I snapped out of it, I realized that God should be, or faith or whatever we want to call it, um, should be like a puppy 
It should enhance your life. It shouldn't, you shouldn't be a prisoner to it. I mean, I wasn't leaving my room. I was waiting, and I couldn't get away from comedy even though I, because what I thought was at the time, this was like at the heart of my breakdown. I was pursuing a career as a stand-up comedian. And when I broke it down and analyzed it, there was no more selfish profession in the entirety of the world. Say what? than being a stand-up comedian. Like, I am one person who everyone should listen to, right? Like, at least if you're an actor, you're a part of a cast or, or other things, right? Yeah. And so I was like, I have been doing, pursuing the most selfish end a person can pursue. And and that's what was like, I'm fucked up. And I also had some crazy shit happen when I was out here, um, you know, that, like, affected me that I just discarded and didn't even consider that it had some kind of mental effect on me um but uh yeah and then i was just trapped in my room at my dad's house uh reading the fucking bible uh reading a lot of the book of revelations i was cooking in a bar uh, i was waiting tables at a comedy club because i couldn't get away from it um i turned down one time they used to do once a month they would do male strippers at the comedy club this place called joker's comedy cafe in dayton ohio and it was a huge night, successful night. And I used to make so much money as a male waiter because all these women came in, got drunk. There are all these naked dudes everywhere. Like I'd get home and there'd just be so much money stuffed in my pants, right? One night after the show's over, this woman is like begging me to take me out to the dumpster to give me a blowjob. And my boss is right there and she's like, we'll cover. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do it. What would Jesus think? Oh man! Right, and like as a, soon as after the official that, I spokesperson <laughs> of the Christ consciousness, we are disappointed. <laughs> soon after that, I kind of snapped out of it, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then kind of got back into uh, clearly what I was subconsciously, you know, yeah, denying myself, like working at a fucking comedy club. Come on, man! Um, but yeah, that was that was a rough period. I mean, but I guess I needed it. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I needed that period to like recalibrate or something, um, to have that perspective maybe. Cause I know what it's like to be, I know what it's like to be a one issue voter. Um, I was, uh, uh, I was an abortion voter for that one election where I was, whatever election that was, where I was like deep back in for whatever reason. Um, I was, uh, so I voted Republican in that presidential election, um, only because of abortion. Um, so I know where that mindset comes from and like, I know why right. people, I know why people, you know, get into that. And then I went back to college and then, uh, you know, I was, I luckily I snapped out of all that shit somehow. I'm not even sure what, I think it was the realization of like being trapped, being in a prison. One night I was laying in bed and there's a bunch of trees in the front yard and a car drove down the street. So the shadows of the branches and the leaves would cascade across from one wall to the next, right? And they just, like you were, like they were just swiping by. And on this particular night, I saw those shadows of the trees, like late at night, uh, go a, a, along the walls until they disappeared. And then I suddenly felt myself being, and I was wide awake. I felt myself being sucked through my mattress like I was being sucked. I was being sucked to hell in this moment. Wow. Um, and I couldn't move. It was like, it's like the same thing as sleep paralysis, but I wasn't even, I didn't wake up and had this, I was fucking wide awake. 
and I was being like sucked to hell because those like branches for some reason they struck me as like those uh, those like ghost dark entities in the movie Ghost when they take the guy down yeah. the hill, right? Yeah, and that's what I felt like was like when that happened. That's that's the first thing that popped in my head. Like I'm being sucked to hell through this fucking mattress right now, and like I was trying to figure out like why, why, why? You know, it's like did I sin in my mind being raised Catholic? Ugh. It's like having the thought is just as bad as the action. So I'd I'd be worried about like I didn't leave the house a lot because I'd be worried that like I go to a grocery store, I'd see like a beautiful woman. Uh, at the grocery store and she'd be married and I'd think of like, oh, I'd have sex with her and then that's when Jesus comes back and I go to hell on a fucking technicality, right? Because he just happens to come back in the moment I'm sinning in my mind. Right. So I'm like, I just can't go anywhere because I'll sin, you know? And uh, I was like, this is crazy, man. My friends were like, what the fuck, dude? Because uh, I'm like trying to like convert them like dude we got yeah Jesus doesn't this sound doesn't my life sound great? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, no man. And so then I kind of just snapped out of it, met a friend at a bar had a few beers, and I was just like, I'm back, you know? Wow. And then it was like, uh, slowly but surely, uh, re-enrolled in school and uh, got back, got back to living uh, and started doing improv comedy and then got back into stand-up from that. Fuck. Yeah, and it was, uh, oof, those were some dark days for me, yeah. for sure. I mean, I was a mess. Ugh. Yeah, your relationship with the other side. And is I was like 22, 23, 24 years old. It's like I was I always like to think that I was kind of a I was a intelligent guy. You know, even if I didn't know everything. I always thought oh, I can piece shit together, you know, I can put things together. But um but like I wonder like looking back at that time period in my life, I'm like, you know, obviously there was some kind of mental break for me where something something was broken at least temporarily. Uh, in my mind, because it wasn't working right. You know, I was like, I was just, I was out of it. Um, I just couldn't, I couldn't think rationally, I guess. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, if you would have seen me or if we would have met at a party or something like that, you might not have noticed. You know what I mean? I could hide yeah. it. I could hide it pretty well. And I wasn't like a proselytizer. I wasn't going around being like, you shouldn't, blah, 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 you know, Jesus. I was never the person being like, Jesus is, you know, frowns upon that. But I, I was the guy who was being like, you know, if you're there late night at that party still, and there's only a few of us left, I'm the guy, well, you know, the, the land bridge between Europe and Asia, which is talked about in the book of Revelation, you know, that's being signified by this major bridge that's being built right now, you know, and like, this is the book of Revelations unfolding, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so it would get dark. And then that led me into like conspiracies later. Yeah. My grandma was super into that shit, like religious conspiracies about like, she'd give me these books uh, that had like people being visited by saints, by Mary, sometimes even Jesus, and being like satellite dishes are the work of the uh, the devil. That's how he's going to beam in, uh, beam start brainwashing the masses. Yeah, I uh, the New World Order. When I was a Christian, they they were obsessed with the idea of the New World Order, and they they the new the mark age, of the beast. The New Age movement was a lot of what they were against was like the hippies and the psychics and the crystals and everything else, which is interesting because it's like, oh, you mean literally the the Christ. Oh, how weird. Well, that's not true because fuck the fake awakes. Right. But like um, anywhere there's a place to make money, people will come in and show up. Yeah. Anyone, any place that people are willing to believe in something, someone recognizes that and moves in 
because of the way society's built and, and is that monetize, what it is? And tries I can't to monetize. Tell. I'm like, I like everything's fine. Everything's I think some people us. believe their own bullshit too. Yeah, everything's us, right? So it's like all different waves, and it doesn't matter. Even the, I get it, I get it. But there is something about the faux uh, spirituality movement, the the love and light, the toxically positive. The fake fuck, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. And I don't know, maybe it's my own shadow and I don't like what my own shadow looks like. Who knows? But there's just something that just rubs me the wrong way. I'd rather talk to someone who's dead asleep than than a fake awake. I got very tired and my throat chakra got really fucked up. I think I'm really supposed to shut my mouth about what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but... Uh, I do think the book of Revelations is playing out now. I do think, like, I need to sit down with it, you know, or read your screenplay or something. But <laughs> if I could find it on, like, an old floppy disk Yeah, somewhere. I feel like uh, the whore is the church, right? The beast. I don't remember. But we're the good ones or whatever. And, um, God, we started to get into something, and I was going to go down a rabbit hole with that and I don't remember that was really weird another thing that was weird is I couldn't find my car and I was like do not record the and there was a voice in my head that was like just can't just cancel you literally just asked him an hour to do, do not put out an episode this week and then I was like uh no lazy Jessa and so then I came here and then I couldn't find a parking spot and there was <laughs> the same voice was like do not record this and the episode. microphones didn't work when we first started no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> and then we just been, we're just bullshitting into with microphones. And in a our ghost face. walked into the door and said, "Stop recording." And then when I was parking, I was actually going to call you and say, "Never mind." But then I uh, just was like, "I'm going to park. It's fine." And then my throat closed, and then I am like like drifting to sleep, which is insane because it's 10:30. But uh, I think it's because I've just started to say things, and I'm not supposed to say them yet. So I'm gonna gonna shut up about that um would you i know you had a traumatic experience recently <laughs> enough about my shit um, um oh you mean the uh the paranormal experience the traumatic paranormal experience oh, that's right we and didn't I talk about that i haven't even heard the whole story and are you talking about it on podcasts yeah i mean i've talked about it on mine i've talked about it on like one or two others okay can you tell us what about of course it? since i'm not allowed to talk about what i all the downloads yeah that I, mean, I got luckily for you i can fucking talk all goddamn day perfect um the uh okay so i start doing i start doing my podcast a little under six years ago just because of the shapeshifter and I also have a uh, another woman I dated who's like a still a very close friend of mine who had really intense precog dreams of the future. I think we I may, I may have yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, usually get in a little bit less. Um, so I'm I get like really like cracked open about all this stuff. And I'm probably I'm probably I'm not even 30 yet. So, you know, in that 5 year period of me giving up the ghost of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right? And thinking the world is ending. Now I start having all these paranormal encounters. Or I meet people with crazy paranormal abilities, right? And I used to tell people, like, I don't have a paranormal ability except I meet people who are intensely paranormal or have high-level yeah. abilities. And for whatever reason, they feel comfortable talking to me about it. Like, they'll share their stuff with me. Um, 
And then I began to realize, like, a friend of mine called me a master of coincidence, which I thought was a cool, uh, a cool title. But but then I realized, well, no, I'm shutting myself down by saying that, you know, not under, not addressing like the empath in me, and like, you know, I can fucking get into this shit too, like, right, uh, you know. But it, I got made fun of very young for being too sensitive, like. Um, I was always made fun of for being too sensitive. And then I remember even in college, me and my best friend in our fraternity, they called us the sensitive movement because once we, once we like pledged and got in and started trying to be trying to assert ourselves in positions of leadership, um, like he became president of the fraternity and I was like vice president of rush and membership development. I ran the community service section that we didn't even have. So I started that right not trying to do my own horn, but it's like not a lot when you're a college kid. Like one Sunday a month, we go and pick up the fucking highway and build a haunted house for kids. Shit like that, right? Fun stuff. I mean, picking up <laughs> trash on the highway is not fun. <laughs> but you never know what you'll find, you know? Anyway, so like I'm always Mostly sensitive. Trash. Um, and so I, I see this shamanic Reiki healer and she's like, you've shut yourself down. She's like, you're for, there's something happened to you very young and it happened to you a bunch where you were, you've totally shut off all your sensitivities. Um, and she goes, it first happened when you were a kid and it's been happening ever since. And you need to really, we need to focus on getting you back open. And, uh, so I started going to like her Wednesday night empath classes, which is like tapping into clairvoyance and stuff like that. Just kind of guided meditation stuff. Right. And all the while I'm like, this is really going to help my paranormal investigations. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like when I'm out there investigating the paranormal, this is going to kick it up a notch for my ass. And, uh, because Rontowski, she's dialed in. Right. You know, and so Karen and I do investigations uh, and she's like locked in. Like when we're in there for like three minutes and she's like, this is what's happening here. And I'm just like, God damn, Karen, that's fucking good. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here and wait to somebody talk to me through this radio. <laughs> 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 and so um, I start meeting all these people, you know, like over the last handful of years, like cryptozoologists, Bigfoot people, all these amazing cool people i get asked to go to florida for a documentary and the way it was sold to me was do you want to go be a part of a documentary that is at the skinwalker ranch of the south god could it have a different name and are you familiar with the skinwalker ranch no but it the skinwalker ranch is a legendary paranormal location it's four thousand acres of private property up in the northwest and it was owned by robert bigelow for a while who is a billionaire guy who has his own space company. You always hear about Bezos and you hear about Elon Musk. You don't hear about Bigelow, which is weird. Um, Bigelow, at one point, when the United States government decided they didn't want to run their UFO hotline anymore for citizens to call and be like, there's UFO outside my fucking house. Right. Bigelow took it over. Bigelow was running the United States UFO hotline, right? Then with MUFON... Uh, mutual UFO network. They have chapters all around the country. Uh, they used to have an LA chapter and then it disbanded because they wanted to, ex- they wanted to expand their paranormal research into other stuff. So they became UPARS UFO paranormal research society of LA UPARS LA. I'm a member of UPARS LA. They do, they have a monthly speaker coming each month. Right. And this is where I've met some of these people. So my buddy Alex is a member of star team, which gets put together, which is Robert Bigelow, funding for essentially first responders to legit paranormal tips. Someone calls in and they've got like a legit paranormal thing happening. 
Star Team gets sent in. My buddy Alex is like the lead wow. investigator on Star Team. And then for whatever reason, they get like one or two like calls right away that are legit. They're getting ready to ship out and go get, figure out what the fuck's going on. Bigelow pulls the plug just as quickly as he funded it. Huh. It's really weird, right? And I've also come to find out there are people who have a lot of money who are privately funding like cryptozoologists and other type people. Mm -hmm. There are people out there right now who are like doing, getting paid to be like real life Indiana Jones type shit. And they're funded by like millionaires, private millionaires. Anyway, so Alex originally was supposed to be a part of this team, right? Uh, He ends up, he can't make it. I go down, it's supposed to be a big team. He wanted two UFO guys, two uh, paranormal researchers and two Bigfoot people. So it was going to be a team of six researchers. Ends up being three of us. Um, and I'm like the paranormal guy. There's this other guy, Dan Lindholm, who's a Bigfoot guy. Uh, Ed Brown, who's making the movie, is a Bigfoot guy. And I'm sold Sorry. that it's the Skinwalker Ranch of the South, right? Is like this location. Skinwalker Ranch has UFOs, orbs, ghost activity, crazy cattle mutilations, things called skinwalkers, which some people also relate to the Wendigo, which is a Native American folklore, quote unquote, of these creatures that are, you don't ever want to see one, basically. I I don't even like the name. The name freaks me out. This place in Florida apparently has UFO, crazy activity, off the charts, UFO sightings, orbs, almost can be called in at will, um, ghost activity uh bigfoot activity and undefined other creatures right not to mention portals two portals that has to be why it has all of that right Right? it has to be now i can't i've been told i can't talk about specifics uh but i can say there's another research team that is out there quite regularly investigating the property i'm not at will uh, or at liberty to tell you who that research team is, but they can come on the property whenever they want and the homeowners can't do anything about it. Oh, hmm. So I can't tell you who they are, but you kind of know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Carolyn, who's this wonderful woman, she, uh, who lives there with her husband, Bill, very reliable, credible people. She's a, she comes from a long line of witches too. She's great. I was going to say, why would you yeah. stay there? But and okay. she's got crazy power. Well, there's a couple reasons they stay there. Um, cause I'll, cause, They've been there for 17 years. And the activity started, I don't know how long it's been going on, but it's really amped up the last handful of years. They, she finds someone snooping around her house one day, and it's one of these people from the other research team that has been out there. And he lets her know, hey, I can be here. Nothing you can do about it. Sorry. Hey, you know, we have to know what's going on. Well, they become friends. The homeowners become friends with this other research team because they're coming out there so often they don't have to do it in secret anymore. So, or snoop around on their property anymore. And he, he lets her know that they've been coming there for, I think, seven years before they caught him. Jesus. And said that they've been studying a portal on the property, uh, an interdimensional portal um, that they're trying to fucking understand. And to the best of their knowledge, they first became aware of portals 35 years ago. And they're all what? around the world, and they're trying to figure the out where fuck? the fuck they all are. But here's where it gets crazier. Um, there's been major Bigfoot sightings out there, right? To the point where they have all their windows to their house, like heavily boarded up with like these like really strong wooden shutters that they lock. 
So like nothing hopefully can really get in or get through the windows, right? Because they've had like banging on the house. They've had all, they've seen creatures. They've, uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of a terrifying place. It's out, it's 30 acres out in the middle, kind of nowhere in Florida. Uh, very hilly, very wooded. Um, especially we were there because hur- <laughs> Hurricane Michael happened about a year ago or whenever it was and really destroyed a lot of their, uh, like the, the property. Um, they just kept talking about how beautiful it used to be. I mean, it was still gorgeous, but there was trees down everywhere. So anyway, the portals directly, they're back, the back of their house is built, they're built on a hill. So their back of the house has a deck on two sides. Uh, and then it goes, then the hill goes down into this woods, into like a little valley area before it goes back up again into a mountain or whatever it is. Right. And that's where the fucking portal is. They have an observation deck for the portal, essentially, on their back deck, right? Jesus. And so they, she's been told that she has Merovingian blood, uh, RH negative. Um, and there's uh, all this other shit that she's been told. She's been um, told by this investigation team? Yeah. And okay. she was told also that there's two portals on the property for a very good reason. One portal is there. The second portal she created subconsciously um, to have protection from whatever was coming out of that first portal. This is what they told her. And so, I mean, and granted, this is all, you know, stuff that's been told to me. Yeah. By her uh, or by other people, you know, while we were down there. I realized something very early on. We were there. We were there for five days and five nights. Where there was two rules. We couldn't talk about the other team, who they were. And we couldn't ever be alone on the property without one of the armed security guards. Because they were told, don't let people come out here and investigate your property unless they have armed security guards with them. It's not safe for people. So we have armed security guards with us. Three of them. Uh, one of them's a... Uh, wildlife game warden up in Sacramento, his buddy who trains SWAT teams and does interrogations, uh, and another guy who like owned a gun shop. He was their buddy. Uh, probably had some kind of military background. And we, uh, and the one guy who was the interrogator, total skeptic, doesn't believe in any of this stuff. And you could see him, I noticed him throughout the five days we were there. He would break one person off from the group from time to time. And like, just get them alone and talk to them to see for lies and for tells, see if they were making stuff up, right? And uh, so we're there, and it's crazy, right? We're getting weird. We're getting footprint. We made a cast of a, a giant footprint. There's, like, a giant tree structure on the property somewhere out in the middle of fucking nowhere. We, like, do a paranormal investigation at this old abandoned cabin, like, somewhere in, a, like, a neighboring property that we were allowed to go to. It's the creepiest fucking place in the world. Uh, there was a creature running in the darkness in the woods and we all ran after it. And then we got like an image on a thermal scope of it. And then it's like the third night. Um, and I wanted to do a paranormal investigation inside the house. Cause I was like, I've heard about stuff going on in the house. I want to get in there. Right. And Carolyn was kind of like, I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. You know, she's from Southern Alabama and we'll talk about it, Ron. And, um, uh, and then uh, on the third night, Ed Brown comes up to me. He goes, hey, Carolyn told me that she wants you to do a paranormal investigation in the house. I was like, okay, great. Is that what we're doing tomorrow, tomorrow night? He goes, well, she wants you to do it by yourself. She said you have a different energy than the rest of the guys. And what she meant by that is I had crystals in my pocket. They all had guns on their hips. Right. And so I was like, I'm in. So they dropped me off. 
I it's it's the only time I'm really alone. I was alone briefly for like three minutes when I got dropped off, and this was daytime. And I grabbed my stuff and then went up to the house before it got dark uh, to start to set up and do the paranormal investigation. I do that for a couple hours. Don't really get anything. Um, I did get some EVPs actually. Uh, looking back on the things, I I, I said. Uh, do you know, or why am I here? And the voice through a spirit box says, you set it up. Oof. And I said, is there anything else you want me to know? And it said, I'm in you. Right? Uh, Which at the time when I heard that, I'm like, this is fucking great shit I'm getting, right? Um, and then Bill and Carolyn, they come out after about two hours and we're just hanging out. And she's like, did you get anything on EMF readers? And I was like, not really, nothing. You got this whole fucking house locked down. It's like under protection. And she goes, oh, you didn't, they were hanging out in the bedroom the whole time. She goes like, oh, you didn't check the bedroom. Bring your meter in there. So we go into the bedroom and I go around and I don't get any readings in the whole bedroom. And she goes, oh, you didn't check here, which was the wall like to my right. As soon as I walked in the door, I didn't even, there's a giant mirror there, uh, maybe three by four. And there's a small circular table that's wooden. that has got a, a ornate decorative glass domed clock on top of it, battery powered. I take the meter there. I get a huge reading spikes the only other reading i got in the whole house was the wi-fi router and so i go that's interesting can we remove the clock and she goes okay and she removes the clock the reading stays i go okay i'm gonna go back out to the wi-fi router see if i get another reading i'm gonna come back here and see what the reading is i do get the reading come back still getting a reading from there and i was like this is interesting and she goes that's why i do my prayers i go oh this is your altar and she goes yep that's where i do my magic and I was like, oh, shit, dude. This is fucking, I'm getting like an electromagnetic frequency reading from her fucking altar where she does her wow. ritual. And, um, you know, this woman created a portal with her mind without her even realizing. So there's some fucking residual shit going on. Yeah, no house. shit. So I, uh, I go, wow, this is your altar. It's great. And she goes, you notice how it's empty? And I said, yeah. And she goes, because all the magic you need is inside. <gasps> and I was like, I love you. I love this woman, right? Um, so we're hanging out in the kitchen. I'm pulling some cards, one card at a time. And they're all just like, they're just hitting home runs with like what we're talking about. Um, it's crazy. Like the high priestess card is the first card for her. And then like uh, she was talking about how she'd kill somebody if they, uh, you know, she would, you know, she doesn't mind if people are mad or mean to her, but if they're mean to someone I love, I will, I'll die for them. And I pulled the death card. You know, it's like, it's like just really wild. We're having yeah. a good time. We're laughing. We're having a great time. They come back from the other part of the property uh, because it's almost, it's after midnight at this point. And so Carolyn's like, oh, I want you to sleep in the dream chamber. I was like, what the fuck is the dream chamber? It's one of the guest rooms in their house. I've been sleeping in a shed on the property with my buddy the whole time. Um, and, she goes, people have the craziest dreams of their life in this room. That's why we call it the dream chamber. My daughter, three and a half years ago, slept in that room, woke up in the middle of the night, grabbed her shit and left, and she's never been back to the house. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Right. <laughs> so I was like, let me go get my dream journal. Fuck yeah, let's do the dream chamber. I'm probably not going to sleep in there, right? I'm probably... Anyway, so, because I am a little scared, but I'm like, I got to take the opportunity when it presents right. itself. And I also want to sleep in a fucking house. Yeah, As opposed to <laughs> yeah shed, can I sleep in a fucking bed chamber? Ed Brown and I walk down this long driveway in the middle of the night. You know, it's pitch black out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. And we're having a good time laughing about what we're going to do tomorrow night during the day, where we're going to go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, not even thinking anything. 
grab my toiletry bag and my notebook, my which I was going for my dreams. And I'm walking out of the shed, and he's got the door, and he goes, "Be careful," which I thought was weird. I'm like, "It's a, you know, three four minute walk up the fucking driveway." Um, and I was like, "That's weird." He has no one said that to me this whole time I've been here. He closes the door. It's a thick wooden door shed. It's got like an air conditioner window unit that's really loud and old in the window. Close the door, locks it behind him. I walk off the little tiny little deck patio thing or whatever, and I start. I take it about seven or eight steps up the driveway to my left to go through the woods uphill the sandy driveway to get to the house. I got a flashlight and just my shit in my arm, and uh, all of a sudden, from directly behind me, about ninety feet. I hear a scream type yell noise that I've never heard in my entire life. And it was the type of noise that a human doesn't make. And it was threatening. It wasn't like uh, something I was scared. It was like, hey, motherfucker, I see you kind of noise, right? It was the kind of sound that was high-pitched, had vibrato, and it almost sounded like an evil laugh at the end of it, but it was very short, maybe two, two seconds long. And I stop in my tracks, turn my head back to the left. All I see is darkness and trees. And then I realize, oh my fucking God, I'm by myself. I'm breaking the rule. Fuck. I'm alone at night on the property. There's no one there. The armed security guards had already gone back to the hotel. I let out a scream. I describe it as like a a scream whimper. Two things that shouldn't be able to go together. Because I'm yelling for Ed, who's in the shed. But at the the same time I'm yelling for Ed, I'm realizing I don't want Ed to hear. Because he'll come out and he's closer to whatever just fucking screamed at me. And then I'm also yelling avalanche, which was the code word for the security guys. If you yell the word avalanche, and like, all ki- no jokes, don't fuck around with this. If you yell the word avalanche, they have their finger on the trigger ready to kill something, right? So I start yelling avalanche and Ed at the same time. Um, I, and then also I realize it simultaneously, there is no avalanche. It's just me. I, there's no avalanche to save me here. So it's like, you know, as loud as I can. Oh, my God. And then I start fucking running for my life because I know I'm dead. I know I'm fucking dead. Um, And I start running as fast as I probably ever run in my entire life. I get about three-fourths of the way up the driveway. And the most courageous thing I've ever done in my entire life is just I just turned around and looked behind me to see how close whatever this fucking thing was, which at the time I'm thinking this is a fucking Sasquatch. This is a fucking Bigfoot. And so I luckily don't see anything behind me. I get to the gate. I fumble with the gate. I can't get the fucking gate open. Uh, I finally get it open. I get inside the gate, which is just like a three-foot-tall white picket fence. And then I stop myself to, like, try to close the gate. Because part of me is like, my mom's in my head, like, don't be rude. This is someone's gate. Don't just leave it wide open. But I think subconsciously, I'm like, if I leave the gate open, I'm saying, come in. Yeah. I finally get the fucking gate closed. I get to the front door. It's unlocked, thank God. I get inside, close the door behind me, lock it, put up their little... They have barriers on all their doors they put up at night, too, like those sticks that people use. Jesus. Right? So I put up the fucking stick. I bolt lock it. I lock it. I do the other lock. And David Wright, who's a Bigfoot researcher, 
He's been staying in the house in their other guest room because he's friends with them. He's standing in the kitchen uh, just staring at me as if I am an apparition. That's how he's looking at me like, the fuck are you, right? I'm trembling. I'm hyperventilating. I'm crying a little bit at this point already. Um, I can't believe I made it into the house. And he just goes, what the fuck happened to you? And I just like, I, I, I couldn't even talk. I was just mumbling like, I did, I did, I did. And then he's like, what the fuck? He's like, come away from the door. And so I take my shoes off. I get over to the door or I get away from the door. We sit down and I was like, I fucking heard it. It fucking screamed at me. And he goes, oh my God, are you okay? He's like, it's okay. You're in here now. You're okay. And then he's like, what did it sound like? And I tried to recreate the sound. Carolyn comes out of her bedroom because she thought David was having a stroke. And, uh. And then she looks at me. She's like, David, are you, are you? And then she sees me. She goes, oh, my God, you saw it. That's the first word she said to me as soon as she saw me. Wow. And I go, I didn't see it, but I heard it. And then she comes over and gives me a hug. And we talked for about, I don't know, hour and a half or so, uh, two hours. And they, you know, by this time it's super late. And they have to go to bed because they're exhausted. And, and I'm just like talked off the ledge a little bit. And then I told David before we slept, I was like, no, I was like, can you switch rooms with me? <laughs> Can I not? I'm not sleeping in the dream chamber tonight. And uh, in reality, I didn't sleep at all. Uh, it didn't matter what room I was in. I kept all the lights on. I was in bed at one point, and the headboard of the bed was up against the window, which leads up, which is outside the window is the ramp on the side of the house that goes to the one of the back Oof. decks. And I fucking heard heavy footsteps. I And it was probably in my mind. Who knows? It could have been. But I heard like, just heavy footsteps, like kind of like moving from side to side, you know, like when someone's like standing somewhere and they're just shifting their weight. Yeah. Heard it outside the fucking Ugh. window. I'm just frozen in bed uh, on my cell phone, um, trying to do anything to distract me from like the fear I have that has just consumed me. I watched my ex-girlfriend's Instagram story, which was one story. Uh, so what's that? 10 seconds. Uh huh. I watched that for three hours. <laughs> Because I was like, this is pain I can handle. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And so I end up falling asleep after the sun comes up. I wake up at around 9 a.m., fell asleep around 6.30. I look at my Fitbit app just to how much sleep did I get? And it said I slept for like six hours. And I was like. What? My fit. I, I was so afraid and frozen in fear that my Fitbit thought I was asleep. Oh, shit. And um, the next day, the game warden, Dan. This guy, Dan, shows up. Everybody shows back up because they've heard by now what happened. And he's gonna, he wants to walk through the crimes, the quote-unquote crime scene to see what he can pick up from tracks. And he goes, I'm going to try to tell you what, the, what happened to you last night without really knowing all your side of the story yet. He's like, it looks like you, he checks my shoes so he knows what my footprints look like. And he goes, okay, you, you've, come out of the, you've come out of the shed. You get about to right here. For some reason, you stop. And by the weight distribution and the way the print looks, it looks like it's twist a little bit. It looks like you kind of twist around to look behind you. And then it looks like from your other tracks that you suddenly, because of how deep the indentation is, you launched yourself. And then how far apart your tracks are from one another, I'm guessing you've never run faster in your life. Is that about right? I was like, you wow. fucking nailed it. I was like, that's why that guy's out there fucking working in the mountains and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I barely slept the next night, and then did it, it say it looked like anything came after you? No, there was no tracks uh, following me. And the next day, we like I did some like inside date or outside daytime, like stuff. Like we went down to the portal and 
where strangely this fucking area of the portal in their fucking backyard it's this like circle it's like a perfect circle right where after the hurricane like there's trees down everywhere every tree fell away from the circle nothing crossed the portal right so we realize that when we're investigating the portal for the first time we set up trail cams and then we don't know when this fucking happened um but it clearly it obviously happened but that night a big tree fell right into the fucking portal oh wow right after we set up trail cams so fucking weird right so uh, lots of weird stuff we have all these wood knocks on on recording because we used a digital recorder in the shed we put on the windowsill on the inside uh while we slept and one of the nights there's just all these wood knocks like on trees like outside like nothing knocks a stick against a tree unless it has a fucking thumb you know what i mean and that's like a telltale sign of Sasquatch, of Bigfoot being there, communicating with each other across the woods. And they're there. I've got the recording. It's so fucking creepy. I should play it for you. But um, it's so fucking creepy. And you can hear Ed snoring in the recording. And it's like outside. It's so fucking loud that it's crazy that it picked it up that well. That's how loud it must have been. But um, so, yeah, I drove. Uh, so then two days after it happened, I got the fuck out of there. I'm in Florida. I'm driving back to L.A. I drive as far as I can away from Florida. So I get past Houston the first day driving. Jesus. And it was super late. I was kind of crazy. And I got a hotel room. And I forgot to ask for something that wasn't on the first floor. So I have a first floor room that has these huge windows and like a sliding door to the outside. I can't fucking sleep. Because I'm like, something can get in my fucking hotel room. Yeah. So I barely sleep. The next night I get, I don't know how far I got. Um, I got to... uh, Las Cruces or not. Yeah. Las Cruces, New Mexico. And I made sure I got second, third floor at least and slept a little bit better, but I've been sleeping with some variation of a light on in my room ever since. And I mean, I didn't, I started going to therapy because of it. PTSD. I saw my therapist for about a month before I dropped anything on him. I wanted to try to establish some like personal credibility. Right. So he didn't think I was a total whack job. Uh, yeah, you don't want to open with Bigfoot. Yeah, but Bigfoot got me through the door uh, of a therapist's office. And I, so <laughs> it's been great. It's been great to uh, talk to someone about it all. But um, it's been pretty wild. And I do believe Carolyn is um, on the same scale of a guy named Ted Owens, who was a, a guy who was studied by parapsychologists for his psychokinetic abilities that were insane. He, used to, he said he could change and droughts and things like that with his mind. He would communicate with the uh, alien intelligences is what he called them. Uh, so I'm surprised we haven't talked about Ted Owens yet. I can't believe I haven't talked about him yet with is, you. Yeah. Um, but he said that he would, uh, you know, tell them what to do. He like he would communicate with them to, you know, he. Ted Owens may or may not be a good guy, a good person when he was alive because he would try to do these demonstrations of his psychokinetic ability on large scale. And he takes credit for like major storms that have like ended droughts that have like crashed airplanes and killed people. So interesting. um, Where's the moral line? You know what I mean? Right. Who knows? But uh, so there's, I will go back to that property at some point in Florida. Um, I was supposed to go back in October and it ended up not happening and I wasn't going to go anyway because Carolyn wasn't going to be there. I won't go back if she's not there. Um, but uh, I think sometime next year I'll probably go back because uh, Ed wanted to film some more stuff. 
um, I'm uh, I'm excited, but not looking forward to it at all. If that makes sense. Uh, that does make sense. It's so interesting. So I didn't know it was Bigfoot until just now. Well, I had pictured the, yeah. uh, a very scary looking creature screaming in your ear. Well, I've been told by Ed Brown. He so Ed Brown gives a talk at Upar's, that monthly place I go to. Uh huh. He's giving a talk on like Bigfoot. What is Bigfoot? Is it paranormal? Is it flesh and bone? Just undiscovered ape species, right? So he's giving this talk, and then he's playing these EVPs that I got and all this other stuff that I got like while I was doing the paranormal investigation. And then he tells my story, and I I felt really I almost started crying when he was telling the story. This was like a month and a half, two months ago, and um. Uh, then he goes, and Ryan thinks it was a Bigfoot, and I don't think it was. And I was like, maybe you should have. We're friends. Maybe you tell me this yeah, before run the this talk. By me. Yeah. Um, and then he he flips to the next slide, which was a rake. Uh, have you seen the rake? Pictures no, of the rake. No, I would like to. I I wish I could draw. I would like to draw a picture of what I saw when you told me. We got as far as you telling me the scream. This. Oh, I'd like to see what you draw too. This would be like uh, if you took an alien and stretched it and like melted it almost. So it had like a long. That's not a long making scary. me feel very good no. because that's <laughs> kind of what you've kind of described a creature that Carolyn has seen on the property. Yikes. Um, which Ed Brown called a rake, which it's not a rake because a rake is a Reddit creation or a 4chan creation. Um but people call them crawlers. Um, lots of times they're on all fours, but they're these long, stretched out looking like yeah. alien things. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of walk around on all fours it's like sometimes. black and gray, uh, or it's like metallic gray almost. Yeah, there's uh, all kinds of creatures that have been seen out here on this property. Yeah. And um, Carolyn has seen, uh, you know, a couple of them. And some of them are huge, like nine feet tall. Um, and she just calls them all Bigfoots. You know what I mean? She just calls all the monsters Bigfoots. Oh, wow. And she said, luckily, I did not hear the growl. Um, I got screamed at, but I did not hear the growl. The growl will ruin your life, apparently. She's heard the growl. She was outside with her dog, Ozzy, this great big old golden lab. They were outside one day or one evening or whatever it was, and then something fucking growled at them. And she freaks out and starts screaming. Ozzy, her dog, just starts fucking like uncontrollably shaking. Eventually, she gets Ozzy back in the house. Bill, the husband, is there, and he's like, what's going on? She's like, there's something outside. Don't go fucking go outside. Something's going to fucking come for us. It's coming for us. He goes outside with, like, a shotgun. She's like, get the fuck inside. What are you doing? I told you don't. So he comes back inside. He's like, what, what, what the fuck is going on? And uh, and they're, like, in their 60s. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. And so uh, the next morning, she woke up and walked into the kitchen just to see their dog throwing up blood. Like... It wow. cha- that growl changed the dog forever. The dog's never been the same since hearing the growl. There was uh, people will come out there like tough, big, tough, bigfoot guys come out to the property. You know, we're gonna see some bigfoots. You know, I'm a tough, you know, former military. You mm-hmm. know, these type of guys. One guy, one of the big, one of the biggest and the toughest. He got growled at. He immediately broke down into tears, started uh, uncontrollably sobbing. And as soon as he collected himself, got the fuck in his truck and got out of there. Um, there's another guy who heard something out there that scared him so badly. He calls her once a month begging them to leave the property, to move. 
Um, there's been, I think, six different people who have fled the property because of an experience they've had there, like just instantly got the fuck out of there. Um, I would have loved to have done that, but I couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the reason they don't leave, I guess we can put a bow on it with this. People are always like, why don't they get the fuck out of there? Because um, this is like constant activity. Uh, is because she's been told by the other research team, it doesn't matter where you go, this stuff's going to follow you. Oh. Now, I have a couple theories about that. And also, this is their dream home that they built. They bought this land and built their dream home on it. Right? He still works as an architect for the state of Florida. She's a retired first responder and trained police dogs. Um, and so she knows dogs. She knows dog Like, what's happened with a dog, she knows how to tell. Uh, but they won't leave because of that. Um, and she goes, if Bill ever hears that growl, we'll be out of here the next minute. As soon as he hears that growl for the first time, he won't live here anymore. And he's kind of a bigger guy. And so there's some speculation and theory that when he's around, it's less active because she's a tiny little woman, you know, Yeah. but he's kind of like a big kind of formidable looking fella. Um, so, uh, I think they tell her that this is just my own personal theory. Because I think she magnifies the activity on the property to the point where they don't want her to leave so they can keep studying it. Oh, how weird. How unlike them. Right. <laughs> and uh, she told me they brought a spirit box type device. And she goes, they brought in some weird radio one time. And my sister was here and or my daughter was here. And anybody we wanted to talk to on the other side, they just dialed them right up and we got them like that. Jesus. Like, we're talking like HD satellite radio f- spirit box shit, right? Like next level communication to the other side. She goes, and they hypnotized me once because they wanted to, you know, see what I've been through. And it was like a UFO abduction. Um, and she goes, after that first time, I was like, I don't need to know any more of this shit. She's like, I'm not, you're not hypnotizing me anymore because I don't need to know this shit that happened to me. It's like, I don't want more of this. And I think they, they keep pressing her like, oh, please, you know, can we go again? Can we go again? And there, I clearly to me, the reason they want to know how did she open a portal with her mind without knowing it? Right. This is quote unquote dangerous, right? So one of the researchers has actually entered into the portal she's created and they told her that you've created a beautiful world. Carolyn was the only information I got about that. So, um, I think that clearly they study these portals. They study, they need to try to stay close to people like Carolyn who can subconsciously create portals. Because if Carolyn can subconsciously create a portal and not even realize it, that means she's not the only person in this universe who's doing that. There's other people walking the earth right now who are subconsciously creating portals, right? Mm -hmm. And then if I extrapolate that further, there are people walking this earth who understand how they opened that portal. And so they're probably trying to track those people down because I guarantee there's people who know how they uh, know how they did. Uh, they figured out how they did it. They're aware of it. Right. So there are people walking amongst us who can open interdimensional portals with their mind. Is my theory. This is all my theory. Yeah. Extrapolating from what I know about Carolyn unconsciously or subconsciously doing it. That there's got to be somebody who's figured out how to do it. They're, they're going around the world trying to figure out where these things are. Uh, did I tell you that I opened like four portals in a parking lot 
a couple no. months ago. <laughs> Here are my thoughts. Uh, fuck. That's my main thought. Fuck. Um, okay. I saw this thing. I have to look up a rake. I saw this thing. When you told me the story in the parking lot, I saw it. I, like I saw exactly the scenario and the thing that, that screamed in your ear. And just now when you were talking about Bigfoot, I was like, oh, it's really strange because I had like a picture of what happened and it was not. A I don't Bigfoot. think I no longer believe it was Bigfoot. Ah, and then I have a tendency to um, I don't know, like I sync up. I sync up with things after I talk about them as I get weird talking about ghosts and stuff because then my bedroom fills with ghosts. I already sleep with salt lamps on because uh, um I see beings, other dimensional beings easier in the dark. And so I just like, I sleep with the lights on because I hate it. And we're just sitting here talking and I'm like, is my fucking car so far away. I will be walking you out for sure. And then you were talking about, and then I was like, well, how's it going to get to me? But I've definitely like seeked it. I've like been thinking about it and I've like, I'm definitely going to have to face this fucking thing. And then you're talking about portals and I'm like, Oh, yeah, so I was at a I was I walk on curbs all the time. It's a it's how I meditate. And so there there are two parking lots near my house. We've curb we talked about curbs yeah, a yeah. lot. Uh, there are two parking lots by my house and there's the small curb parking lot that's like uh right up the block. And I'm like sit, and then there's like I'm sitting on the edge. I have my legs dangling. And I'm still in this twin flame thing at this point. And so I'm uh I'm having a moment and I turn around and I get up on a curb and start walking and then I see uh, the energy get very dense. And so interdimensional beings, aliens, ghosts kind of, but like they're just really dense energy. And it's so tall though that I think it's my twin. I'm like, oh, he's just here, not in his body. And so I'm standing at the end of this curb while this thing's coming into focus on the edge of the, on the end of the curb. And then I realized that there's no head on it. It's just, it's like an eight foot tall oval kind of. And I'm like, oh, that's a door. And so then I just, I walk through it. And then I'm like, okay. And then I walk up to the next curve and I go, can I just do that? Can I open that? And then I just intended to open up this portal. And then it lit up. Now I'm like... I'm netting a superpower a week at this point right now. So I don't know how any of this shit works. It's just like every day I'm like, oh, okay, now I can move this with my mind. So I am like, I didn't get that one yet. I'm like, uh, I want to open it up. And then just the portal lights up and then I walk through it again. And I was like, okay, cool. I open portals now. Nothing came out, you know. Uh, my impression was that we will soon all be able to do that and there will be no more like two cup method of manifestation that they're just portals to different timelines um it had not occurred to me that uh it could be something nefarious i mean my understanding i just had this conversation tonight because i think there is some there's a lot of stuff happening i think we might be fighting a fight in the in the dream space and if there's a hard edit earlier in the episode i'm not going to bother trying to clean it up uh there was some stuff i wasn't supposed to say and i'm gonna take it out because the aliens were like shut the fuck up bitch 
Um, they're not very nice. <laughs> I uh, they they speak the language that you yeah that you exactly understand. yeah they're from my <laughs> tribe and they were like I don't know, we told you not even to do this episode, but the one of the first things I learned in alien school was there was nothing more powerful than an awake person in a physical body. And that weird that I had this conversation right before I got almost that whole remember I told you I went and met with someone almost the whole conversation was this uh, because I have this conversation with Karen sometimes too where she's like you're not afraid of this stuff and I'm like no it gives me the heebie-jeebies like I don't even like to see my own aliens when they physically show up I'm like get the fuck out get out of here I talked to an energy healer recently that said I've had a lot of aliens in my face a lot of interdimensional beings getting in my face recently and and I've asked them really struggling with the mic cord I've asked them can you either stop existing in the physical reality or like change your form so it's not so jarring for me and uh, I have that conversation all the time I'm like first of all I'm blow drying my hair I'm naked you don't need to be in the bathroom right now you fucking perverts (laughs) but also stop physically being here it freaks me out so I don't I don't like it but uh, I was told that nothing has, like, nothing has dominion over an awake person in a physical body because they don't phys- they don't exist in the physical reality, right? They are in the physical reality, but they're probably some form of ether being, you know, and that they can't. Uh, but not that's not my understanding about Bigfoot, but that they can't. Uh, so like ghosts and shit can't fuck with somebody in a physical body. They can make you insane. They can fuck with your mental space or whatever. But that said, I would never go to that place. I'm like, because in my head, I'm like, I should go test this theory. And I can feel what I would do if it showed up. I certainly wouldn't turn around. That's That's got, you got balls that you turned around. Well, that's, like I said, it's the, the bravest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. The, here's the takeaway for me that is like the only thing that makes me be able to sleep at night. Whatever noise came at me from whatever creature it like let me know that i was at the bottom of the food chain right yeah and but for whatever reason i'm still here if it wanted me it had me no doubt in my mind about that whatever it was if it wanted me dead it could i could be dead and the worst part in my nightmare scenario of this whole thing is ed brown knows i'm going back up to the house right to sleep up there for the rest of the night David Wright was in the kitchen and Carolyn went to bed. David Wright knows Ed and I are walking down to the shed and I'm going to come back with my notebook at some point. You know what I mean? With my toiletry bag. I'll, I'll be back. You know, so he thinks I'm down there hanging out with Ed, having a good time, you know, maybe having a beer or something or who knows. Right. So it's and he probably falls. It goes to bed pretty soon. So it's morning before anybody knows I'm gone. So it's wow. like seven hours. So like if I'm, I'm either dead or I'm taken somewhere far away. Right. Um, there, I never would have been found again. Has you anyone I mean? ever been injured or hurt or kidnapped? Or Not that I'm aware of. I don't have any like of those. Sto- well, then you can get in the missing 411 stories, which is that's a whole rabbit hole of like scary, creepy shit um, that, you know, we can talk about another time. But um, David Polites writes these books called Missing 411. He's made a couple documentaries now. Um, it's about people who go missing in national parks and how they don't keep a registry of it. They don't keep a list of the people who go missing there and all the creepy coincidences and like the, the, the stories all have these commonalities, which are really weird. Um, but like people go missing in the middle of fucking day, like right there. Like I walk away from you to go take a piss. 
like not even in the bathroom, just around the corner. You turn around, look at your phone, and all of a sudden you're like, Ryan, I'm just gone from 20 feet away from you. Never to be found, no trace of me. Sometimes I might show up or sometimes pieces of my clothing might show up five miles away at a, a crazy elevation. Things like that, right? So um, that's like... God, you have all the creepy shit. Right. I'm like not sleeping tonight. Yeah, so... But anyway, so I take solace in the fact that if it wanted me dead, I would have been dead. Right. Clearly, it didn't need for that to happen. Also, my buddy Tommy Durant, he's like this demon... He calls himself a paranormal consultant. You might know him. Karen's probably talked about him. Her friend Tommy... Whenever she mentions her friend Tommy, uh, this guy who's like, you know, he doesn't go by demonology because he doesn't like it. But like if I'm in the shit and I become friends with him a little bit because through Karen, I call Tommy. How the fuck am I getting out of this situation? Like when it's especially when it's like entity or ghost related. Right. Or like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He really explained it to me in a great way. Because uh, I talked to him like the day before I went back out to Lake Arrowhead to go see some friends of mine, Ed Brown the house he's living in right now with his uh, partner, Claudia, who's also a Bigfoot person, has so much crazy fucking shit happening out there. So I went out there with my buddy Alex for like eight hours. Uh, we stayed out there for a little bit after it got dark, and I was like, okay, we should leave. Um, all Like handprints on the house, footprints all over the backyard, like crazy shit, right? Um, and I called Tommy. I was like, should I go back out there? Should I go back out into the woods? Am I ready to go? I don't know if I'm ready to do this yet. I need to, my therapist thinks it's a good idea for me to get my toe back in, you know, to confront my fears a little bit. I feel like I need to. And he goes, he goes, the way you can look at your Florida experience is this. Now you've had an experience with something that was, for whatever reason, it was dark, negative energy, nefarious, whatever we want to call it. Um, your body physically knows exactly how that feels now it's like the magic power when you get molested and a, and a chomo comes within a million feet of you you're like oh pervert oh yeah you know right yep. and so he goes think about how your stomach felt how your chest felt you know how the rest of your body felt what was happening in your head like you i'll never forget that feeling He's like, so now when you, he's like, the bright side of this is you're tuning your instrument even further now into an experience that a lot of people don't even have in this field, if they're lucky. So now if I walk into another location or another spot and I start to get that feeling again, I know I'm GTFO. You know what I mean? Yeah. Time to get the fuck out of here. I am not dealing. I'm not you're the, putting you're myself. You're the machine now. Yeah. yeah. So, so I know what this feeling coming on me is and... I'm removing myself from the situation um, until I get to a point where I'm like fucking able to close portals and all that kind of stuff, which is something I'm interested in doing and trying to figure out how to do. Right. And like working on um, until I'm at that level where I feel like I can face down an interdimensional being uh, with confidence, which who knows if that will ever happen. Right. And, and I'll never go in the woods by myself again without a fucking gun. I don't own a gun. But I'll never be in the woods alone by myself ever. I used to camp by myself in between gigs on the road. I used to go to campgrounds and stuff. I'll never fucking do that shit again. Uh, I'll never be by myself in the woods again ever. Hopefully, I, the woods to me is the scariest place in the world. I agree. There's with that. nothing, and and I've never. I don't like to be. I get very. I get. Uh, I think because I've been tuned into this stuff my whole life. I don't. You know, I don't go from one side of my apartment in the dark to the other. And I know ultimately if you backed me up against a wall, I know how, like, I know how I would 
I don't know how to, there's a thing I can do that can like you can like reiki gun somebody. It is like <laughs> it, it sends out like a um like an energy blast. Like an energy blast and it will will knock everything back. Like I can feel it in me how it would like I have all these powers that you would have to threaten my life to use. This came up tonight too. I know that if someone tried to rob me with a gun, I could make them put the gun in their mouth. I know that if I needed to float off off the ground to make myself safe, I could do that. But then I definitely know there is like a, like an electric thing that shoots out from the center of me that would, would knock anything interdimensional back people too. I don't know. I can also do something with time that I do right before I'm supposed to do a reading where I can just like kind of bring time to a screeching halt so that I can finish eating my corn dogs or whatever. And I think I could <laughs> pause everybody in the world. I can only do it for like a couple minutes, but I could pause yeah. every, like, so there are powers that I've like spent years honing in the dream space and I feel them like a sense in my body. There are certain things like I, I, this must be very close, but I reach out my hand for my phone and I'm like always surprised that I can't just make the phone come to my hand. I do it now so much. I snap my finger to make things happen that I'm like, oh, we must be very close to that because it, it's my first instinct now. But that said, I, the, I, this, I don't like to be startled and I don't, I don't like to see it. I, I know if backed into a corner, I would be okay. However, I have to tell you this. Um, I feel like I saw what happened to you when you told me it. Like, and it could have just been your the language that you used. But what I saw, and do you remember how weirdly we got interrupted? Do you remember how many, there were people coming up out of the woods while you were telling me the story? There were just people climbing out of the bushes in real life. Do you remember this in this parking lot? Oh my fucking God. Okay, I was like... Um yeah, that was fucking weird. Yeah, and then there was, uh, was that the day that there was oh, a weird yeah, couple was... like ransacking something they had stolen in the parking lot? Anyway, a lot of disruptions while you were trying to tell yeah, me the story. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. And then we were out in the parking lot and you get, to, all you said was this thing screamed in my ear and in that moment I knew I was dead. And the picture that I saw was a stretched out, uh, I don't know, almost scream mask looking, uh, if you, if it was an alien kind of looking thing, very tall, uh, like kind of bent down at you. And then what happened was the, like the timeline, the dimension changed and you were in a different dimension where you were dead in that moment that it killed you with the scream. I just got goosebumps. Oh, wow. That it killed you with the scream, uh, in whatever timeline that was and then uh and i thought what the story was that you were going to tell me was like i like got taken to another dimension for a second where i was dead uh that's so weird because there are i wish i could remember the the name that the word that people use to describe it but when it comes to the bigfoot world um or like these cryptid creatures there is a theory about Bigfoot specifically, some kind of, there's a quality in its vocal capabilities that affects you at a physical level. Like in a way where like, it doesn't need to come and, you know, punch you in the face. Right. All it has to do is scream at you. And it's a million times more effective physically in hurting you. And like the way it can resonate inside your fucking bones, right? And so 
Ron Moorhead, who was the guy who brought us the Sierra screams, the Sierra sounds, which are some of the most famous Bigfoot recordings ever um, of audio out in a remote campsite and like you have to like hike in on mules for like seven miles to get to this fucking campground like people aren't going out there and hoaxing shit you know what i mean right people aren't just out there like they're gonna think it's bigfoot out here it's like those they don't know how to get there this is like a private location private like no one knows how to get there and he gave a talk uh recently at upars and he was talking and he wrote a book i haven't had a chance to read yet called quantum bigfoot he's like 77 he's been researching bigfoot for over four decades he now believes that there is a vocal uh a vocal capability that sasquatch or maybe some of these other creatures have where they can change they change their like their the dense the density of their physical matter by making different sounds so they can they, they reach a certain pitch of sound now they are no longer like it like if i could reach this certain pitch I no longer would have this physical, I would no longer appear in this physical form in front of you anymore. I would be changing my physical form. And this, and this is a guy who's not woo woo at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he goes, we've had these things studied. These are outside of human vocal ranges. These noises, they, they aren't, they don't match bears. They don't match any of the other animals. He's like, these are some creatures making these noises and these screams that we don't know what they are. And like experts of like voc vocal or whatever it is sound and stuff they're like nothing should be able to make this noise that we're aware of um but so like different hertz like when you get to different hertz you know and like it changes like you know like those that when they play music uh certain music and like those uh what are those uh like those metal pieces that you can make yeah like sacred geometry like they're beautiful like symmetrical shapes and things um so we're like talking about like getting down to there like an, it's an energy it's a question about energy is all it really is and are they able to change their physical matter through uh vocal things and just essentially just transferring their energy into a different form do they have control over that which it sounds like for me when you're talking about the portals and everybody being able to do this all that kind of stuff it's like we just have a better understanding of how to change our energy and, and like go to different places using energy right and controlling it yeah, once we're higher dimensional, then we, we have all of these tools, which is why people are getting so many superpowers. Is because they're not really superpowers. It's just we uh, had such a limited amount of understanding of things. Sound has come up so much lately. And, um, uh, God, that reminded me. This is probably going to happen to me on the ride home. There's this thing that happens. I've talked about the the Russian aliens. I don't think it's really Russian. I've had multiple Russians contact me and try to get me to say it. And I I won't speak this language in front of everyone else. I don't think I'm supposed to. But um, sometimes I'll be driving in my car and suddenly the radio, which obviously I'm not listening to the radio. I'm listening to streaming music from my phone through my Bluetooth. But the stereo in the car will make some horrendous sound. And uh, the sound startles me. And then I know that they're there. And then in the back seat are two... 
Uh, you saw the mannequins uh-huh. or the heads? Uh, <laughs> it's going like to be a <laughs> long night, folks. I'm going to have a rough night. I'm just sitting here like, how long can we make this podcast? There's creepy faces everywhere around yeah. this apartment. Uh, and once I'm heebie-jeebied out, like it's it. I've called it all into me. I'm going to have a lot. Like I'm going to get into my apartment. I'm starving. I'm not going to be able to make food. My f- my house is going to fill with fucking interdimensional beings now. It's the worst once I get creeped out. Um. Uh. These two, they're tall aliens. They have like very broad shoulders. And you know, they're ether beings. I can't see their face or anything, but they sit in the back seat. And then it feels like I'm just trying to get them out of my car because I'm, I'm arguing with them in what sounds like Russian. I'm sure it's not Russian. It's a language that I speak very well. I believe it's when I spoke in tongues as a Christian, it's the same language. And prior to all these other superpowers I've gotten, uh, if you would have asked me a few years after, like even after I backslid, what I would do if I was in a plane as it were crashing, my instinct was to speak in tongues. So there is something to it, but uh, it feels like they're my bosses or they're like sent by my boss and I'm arguing with them because uh, the, uh, the, the tone is very aggressive, but I can't tell if it's just aggressive because I want them to get the fuck out of my car but the sensation that I get is that our conversations are not supposed to happen in the mental space because I think we are all part of different collectives and that probably a lot of our, 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 the, the thoughts that we have are accessible to maybe groups that aren't supposed to have access to them. So I feel like it's like encrypted conversation that I'm having with, uh, someone other than the regular aliens that I talk to, which those guys are short and wait, I still don't like to look at them, but these ones are fucking very scary and um, they're fine. It's fine, but I hate <laughs> it. It's always like dark. I'm always driving on a dark. It's usually like driving home from a comedy show and so it's late and I'm the only one on the road and it just creeps me the fuck out. Like I'm in a physical body. Just sh- send someone in a physical body it's so interesting when that energy worker the other day was like, I said, could you not be so jarring? You know, could you change your physical form? And I was like, God, that's a great way to put it. Like shapeshift or something. Can you not do that? Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to have a long night. I, uh, ghosts, ghosts is usually what, if I talk about them, I'm like, oh, fucking here we go. Uh, but ghosts are little bitches compared to this stuff that <laughs> we're talking about right now. So, uh, long night. Well, I mean, the, the bright side is that, you know, clearly they can't do anything. It didn't want, it clearly didn't want me in that way. Um, you know, message received. I do. I had this theory that I worked into like a screenplay I wrote a few years ago where I thought Sasquatch were just in the, in the, in the movies, Sasquatch, all the Bigfoots were just protecting the fountain of youth. They feel, uh, kind to me. I yeah, believe they're real, but they feel um, like our team. Yeah, and so I, I feel like they might be coming out of these portals. Also, they might be there to like kind of protect the portal. The opening, portals, right? Yeah. And so, well, here's if you want to see, that's where we're at. Um, and so I don't know, like. We don't even need God to talk. We don't need to talk about the dog man, but um, <laughs> who you've, I'm sure you've heard about. No, we don't. And and you know what? Two years ago, even a year ago, if someone wanted to talk to me about the dog man, I'd be like, 
the fucking dog man. Come on. Now, I really don't even want to talk about the dog man right now. Um, <laughs> because in the past, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here with the dog man. And now I'm like, please don't tell me anything else about the dog man. Like, I'm not interested uh, in having that in my head. Because you hear stories about like kids being lost in the wood and like this big furry friend took care of me for like two, three days. There's yeah. actually a couple stories like that. You don't hear that shit about the dog, man. Um, this guy who was on the exp- on the documentary with us, uh, we're talking military guy, like a former military. I think he was former military. Anyway, he's a man's man, like that old phrase. He's like a fucking dude. Big guy, strong guy, not afraid of shit. He said to me, we were sitting by this campfire, a bunch of us, and he goes, he goes, I hope it's not the dog man out there. And I go, oh, you don't, he's like, I'm like, you're into the, you believe in the dog man now? He's like, he's like, I didn't used to, but he goes, I never want to see the dog man. I go, why? He goes, because it'll ruin me. And I was like, I knew everything he meant in that fucking one sentence. And I was like, let's hope it's not the dog man. And uh, I never want to see the fucking dog man. If that's if if the dog man is in fact real, and some people listening are probably like, "This is fucking crazy." He's talking about the dog man now, and I get that, one hundred percent get when it comes to feeling like the dog man is fucking ridiculous. But ugh, I'll tell you another time some of these other stories. I don't want to load you up on all the fright shit. Yeah, because um, I heard some other stories about like Sasquatch and whatever it might be, whatever else it might be that are like stories that these guys, some of these guys had told me that like only guys in like law enforcement and like military circles know about. Um, and you hear these stories and you're just like, what the fuck am I doing out here? Yeah. I am immediately. I still think I write poetry and stuff like, like what the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't own a gun. I've I've shot a gun a couple of times, but like these, some of these things are like, you know, they're next level when it comes to, um, oh, you wanted to find this? Here it is. And you instantly realize, I didn't want to find this. Some guy used to work for the BFRO, which is the Bigfoot Research Organization. He used to be an expedition leader. I interviewed him on my podcast in the early years, in like the first year, two years. Um, he said something so profound to me that changed the way I thought about Bigfoot forever. He said, he goes, you think you want to see a Bigfoot. And then the problem is, if you're close enough to like really see a Bigfoot, you realize I didn't want to see a fucking Bigfoot. Like it's too fucking late. Like you don't want to be that close to something that's that powerful and strong and physically dominant over you. There's you have no chance. I told yeah. my buddy, they're like, you need to get a gun. I was like, I need a gun. You're right. And I just need one bullet because I'm not firing in the woods and something like that approaches me. I just need one bullet and it's not for the Bigfoot. It's for me. I'm eating that fucking bullet. I mean, this guy dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An hour ago. Yeah. So um, has anybody ever been killed by a Bigfoot? Not that I can definitively say that you can go look up and say that it's reported that this person was killed by a Bigfoot. But there are stories of, you know, military who have been. And no one ever is told that. Yeah, it's one of these your son died in the line of duty serving his country and they come up with some other story. 
Um, but these military guys, they, you know, and gals, they, they share stories and swap stories about stuff that they hear. And, you know, so who knows if any of it's true. Yeah, well, the military getting uh, getting taken out by Bigfoot doesn't exactly uh, shoot any holes in my theory that Bigfoot works for the Galactic Federation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, interesting. Well, yeah, because I don't think... Uh, well, actually, the story I'm thinking about specifically is about a giant. It's not about Bigfoot, necessarily. But some people speculate that they might be the same thing. Yeah. Um, but this is a giant story. And I just, I only have a few Bigfoot pictures in my mind. And then like, I don't know, my brain does this thing where it like, I don't kind of like in movies where like uh, the Terminator looks at something and the brain scans it. And when I scan that picture, I'm like, he works with us. Uh, so I don't know about a lot of people, fucking dog man or the dog man is a different thing. Like I have a friend, Claudia, who they have so much crazy shit going on and she's convinced now that the Bigfoot are there to also kind of help protect from whatever else is happening on their property. Um, and uh, so that seems to that seems to jive for the most part. I don't know anybody or know anybody who knows anybody who has been physically harmed by a Bigfoot other than rocks and sticks being thrown at like in the middle of the fucking woods at night from nowhere. Fucking things are being hurled at you. Um, never quite hit anybody, but like just missing. There's a lot of that kind of shit. Uh, there's bluff charges. Something in the woods will be running right at them and then stop before they can see whatever it is. And then it disappears. So it's a lot of that kind of action. A lot of like, I'm going to scare the fuck out of you. Get out yeah. of here. Well, Give I, me some space. That's my understanding is that most, when I say like uh, we have dominion over everything, uh these things could convince you to commit suicide. Like these things could scare you to death. Like they, you know, you would have to like know that you have that power and exert that power. You know, that's the thing they say. The biggest thing is don't ever let your fear overtake you. Right. It all comes back to fear. I mean, the beginning of the podcast, right? It all comes back to fear. And my fear overtook me on that particular night. Yeah, of course it did. Of course it did. And, if you can overcome your fear, supposedly you, can, you you should be okay. Now, that's a whole other story about all the, those missing people in the parks and stuff. Like, we don't know. We don't know what any of that stuff is. No one has the answers, um, unfortunately. And it's sad. And it's fucking sad because a lot of them are kids. Um, but uh, we don't. We just don't know what the answers are. And uh, But people are out there researching and, and trying to find it. And that's why you have to go back out of the woods at some point. Um you know, trying to help find answers. Who yeah, knows? the leftovers is what popped in my head when you were talking about the state parks. Um, I'll have to look into that. But you would, you know, someone besides me would have had to have watched the leftovers to know what that. <laughs> I haven't means. seen it. I still haven't seen it. It's insane that nobody has watched that show. God, it was written for us. Um, and I am. Uh, this podcast turned out so good. I. Um, Bigfoot hurling things. Yeah, so this idea that like Bigfoot are protecting portals. So in in uh in theory they're protecting us, right? From ourselves and from other things coming in and then we're fucking with them. We're like we're making like casts of their footprints and shit 
And so they're just like, get get out of here. Like, get out of here. Let There's us do our work. Legitimately dangerous stuff here. Back the fuck up. Really interesting. But I can't stop thinking about you hopping onto a different dimension when that thing. Uh, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe me I have. The story. I used to like have. Um, I mean, I have blackout curtains in my room. I used to sleep in pitch darkness, pitch blackness. Um, but it has like. Uh, Okay, and then when I told you, when I just told you that, that I saw that you died, uh, your whole face changed colors when I said it. I got kind of faint for a second. I'm, um, I'm, I'm curious if I did. Yeah, it, but it had a vibe, even when you said it, of almost shamanism or like, uh, like someone who went, but like I had a purpose, someone who went to the underworld, uh, who was taken to the underworld and came back with like powers right and then can we f circle back and then we'll close this podcast uh to what you were told on the uh recording earlier that night emf is that what it's called i'm inside you why why am i here you set it up uh anything else you want to tell me i'm inside you <laughs> i just got goosebumps yeah, God, man. so did I. I, think I have maybe been a totally somewhere. different person since I've since that moment. Like, that's one of the pitchforks in my life, or pitchforks or roads or the, yeah. the road splits. Yeah, it's one of the road uh, the fork in the roads. There you go. That's what that's what I was trying to. Uh, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, I remember words. Um, and I that changed my life forever. That moment, that fucking th that two or three seconds that I have never had such a profound change happen to me in such a short period of time. It profoundly changed me. Yeah, I wish I could show you the vision that I have because I'm, I'm like positive that I, that, uh, if I felt like I knew the rest of the story as soon as you said it and then the way that your face changed colors when I told you that and then uh, it almost looked like, like a, a negative, like this thing shouted in your ear and then it, it would look like lightning. Uh, and then the whole, the whole color of the scenery and everything changed. And then it was like, you were like a negative version, you know what I mean? Like a film negative version of yourself. And then the way that we had to cut the story off weird. Cause then you were like, uh, I think Brian came out and you were like, okay, bye. And I was like, well, I just I got really chilled up. Uh, huh? I, I'm, I'm like, I have total chills on my whole yeah, entire body yeah. right in a very strong way because I'm just now realizing something else about the story. Oh, yeah? There's a trail cam. If people don't know what a trail cam is, it's a camera that's motion-sensored, activated. And whenever there is motion in the field of vision of the camera, it'll record for like 10 seconds or however long something is moving in front of it. We had a trail cam set up. Imagine there's a shed, and then there's the driveway. And then on the other side of the driveway, there's more woods. On one of those trees right across the driveway at the facing the shed so we could see if anything was ever going to be moving around the shed, we had a trail cam set up. The trail cam has Ed and I walking down the driveway into the shed. And then we're both inside the shed for a little while, right? And it stops. The trail cam does not have me walking out and up stopping, then running up the driveway. There's no reason. And this is a fucking problem in the Bigfoot world. Like... Um, and people, the skeptics are always like, yeah, no, the camera just didn't work all the time with these guys on the Bigfoot stuff. It's 
that camera didn't fucking pick me up. Even if I just walked back up, all nothing happened. It didn't have me on there. Yeah. And the only thing you see after the event happens is you see a strange light on the side of the shed moving around. And that's me running with the flashlight in my left hand up the driveway. And it's just the light, me as I'm running, this is the light coming through the trees onto the shed. That fucking trail cam picks up a light moving on the side of the shed and activates, right? Nothing else is moving except a light in that fucking video. But it doesn't pick me out or doesn't pick it up when I come out stop in front of the fucking thing and then run like it's fucking crazy the camera didn't work it didn't pick me up and it's like if there's an energy being shot out right during this thing right of course it's not gonna fucking work right it's like it can't pick any of that shit up or if you blipped off of this dimension I fucking that's that's what I'm trying to get at here and I couldn't fucking figure it out if I fucking blipped off there's nothing there for me to get except when I'm fucking back when I blip back in, I'm already up the fucking driveway with a flashlight. Right. When I blip back into it. What the fuck? That was also an impression that I got was that I thought, because you like briefly mentioned portals and I was like, oh, he stepped, he stepped through a portal. And then this time when you God it, it was damn like something it. else. Holy shit. I'll show you the video once I get it from Ed. I don't know what's ever going to happen with the documentary, but, um, I'll show you what I'm talking about with this trail cam shit. It's fucking, if I can get the footage from him, it's crazy. We got a lot of crazy evidence um, on my digital recorders and things. I mean, I turned it all over to him because it's his documentary. So, like, I didn't keep any of the stuff. But um, uh, there's, like, yeah, there's there, there ended up being a lot more stuff than I even thought uh, happened. But, uh, yeah, anyway, this has been fun. All right, yeah. Uh, gonna be a long night, folks. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, I'm really tired. I'm losing my voice. Yep, I'll two fi- hours I'll later. F- yeah, I'll <laughs> find y'all on. This was, you know, what it was. It was my body trying to protect me from the night I'm about to have, and so it was like, dude, we told you not to come here. Uh, Should we do like a we grounding, ch- uh, to put clearing thing later after we stop recording? I guess that's why I'm covered in lapis lazuli and fucking moonstone now. It's fine. So I have no doubt that this shit's coming. They told me to grab the copper ball, whatever the fuck that means. It's like a copper yogi ball, it looks like. Isn't almost. it? That's Feel great. the energy on that thing. Oh, wow. That's great. Isn't that fantastic? And copper's great for like healing and... Yeah. Oh, wow. This is really great. Yeah. People and people are wondering. It's like it's almost like a mini cannonball. Yeah. It's a very small, very dense... Oh, wow. It's so heavy. ...copper ball. It's very powerful. Yeah. Um... I carry it around in my purse, apparently, for when I meet spikes. What are they called? Snakes? Sakes. Oh, rakes? Rakes. Which aren't real. Rakes aren't real. They're a fabrication of the internet, and the picture is even made up. But um, wait till you see this picture. But they are very (laughs) similar looking to uh, um, crawlers, I've been told. Uh, I'm getting actual rakes. Yeah, you don't want to look it up right now, I don't think. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, because it just might look too fucking close. I mean, it's very similar, apparently, to these things called crawlers. But anyway, I, I trust your judgment on that. Maybe sometime I'll get you to draw it. Yeah, I wish I could draw, but I might be able to do something with oil pastels. But yeah, yeah it's it's clear to say. I'm positive that what I saw when you told me the story was like a vision of what happened. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is something my brain created when you said it. But like, 
I felt like you had finished. Like I was surprised tonight when you told me the story that it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. This is going to be fun to upload. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, if you want to read think about that. <laughs> sorry. This episode's already late. Um, if you want a reading, I quit. I am, I'm actually getting out of the supernatural world. I'm going to, uh, start a podcast about networking the biz. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. Just read comedy is my Gmail. Don't fucking email me. Oh wait, I did need to say this. Okay. I put out a thing last week or a couple weeks ago that I wanted to start a website where all the readers and healers and, and therapists and everybody think could find each other. And that's way more than I can actually chew. That's a but big, I, that's a big project. I need as a person who can build a website for maybe no money. I don't know. We're going to put something together, free readings so that we can get this put together just like a square space, but like a way to, I don't have any time. I have no more time in my life. And, um, I think maybe someone emailed me and offered, I need to put together a separate email address for all this stuff because way too much. You need to f- just follow up, follow yeah. up with her. If you have, you follow know, up with to me, remind if you want to build you. a Squarespace website, I'll pay for it. But, uh, and then like can organize everything and then I'll, I'm going to forward everything or make everybody send it new. But anyway, I didn't forget, but I am extremely overwhelmed by, uh, I'm, I'm over committing big time right now. And uh, readings, jessareed.com, jessareedcomedy on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I have a bunch of shows, Portland's, Tigard, uh, Salt Lake City, Lubbock, Texas, Denver, all in the next like week and a half. So L.A., um, find that on my website. Where does everybody find you? Uh, they find me at ryansingercomedy.com or uh, rising on Instagram. R-Y-S-I-N-G. And that's the same thing on Twitter. Rising on Twitter. But I use mostly Instagram is what I like more than Twitter. Okay. Um, I don't tweet that often. I mean, I guess I would. I mean, I could, but I, I just don't feel like it. Um, Twitter brings me down, so I don't. I, I never look at a timeline. But if you at me, I'll see it. Or okay. message me there, I'll see it. Um, and uh, Your podcasts oh, are? Me and Paranormal You. And I recorded an episode called Encounter with the Sasquatch. Um it was pretty much the day after I got back from oh, Florida. Shit. So that's where it's really fresh in my mind. Um, and I didn't change the title of it just because it's easier for people to find, even though I no longer believe it was a Sasquatch. But um, And then this is where the magic happens, uh, is my other podcast with my buddy Angela Lovell, who's like a psychic witch, and we have a lot of fun. Um, so that's three episodes every week. If people are like Damn. working 10-hour days and they need more podcasts, I put out two episodes of me and Paranormal You every week and one of the magic. Wow, I didn't realize you put out two episodes. Yeah, I I used to. I didn't when I first started. Then I started for a long time, and then I stopped because I was just too much. And then I've recently started doing that again. And for like the last couple months, I've been putting out two a week. Wow. One of them is an interview, and then one of them is just me talking. Oh, that's a good idea. So if you ever need to get an episode up, and you you just don't have the time to go interview somebody... People would love it if you just talked for an hour. I do. I, th- I do um, energy updates. Oh, okay. Si- that's what tonight was going to be. But then I just, I don't know why I'm not supposed to say it. So. Okay. Well, yeah, then you, so you already got not. that. But yeah. But um, I mean, going to two a week is like when you go from two dogs to three dogs. Like, oh, I didn't realize this is a whole new world. Like this yeah. is so much more. All well, same. I have this. I have Mormon in the meth head. And then yeah. Mormon in the meth head is almost a, uh, an episode a week on the Patreon. 
So yeah, you're like full. You got a full plan. Recording and doing editing. other people's podcasts yeah. and that stuff. It's like podcasts when comedians were like, "Hey, maybe we should have day jobs." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone said that to me. They're like, comedians gave themselves day jobs with podcasts. I was we like, really did. That's a really great way of looking at it. A day job that somehow makes. I think you I did four successful. podcasts today. Did you really? Yeah. That was nice of you to let me come pile on. Well, no, I mean. I mean, I was a little tired, too, but I knew, like, once you got here, once we got rolling, it was going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, this was wild. <laughs> this this I one for the books. Yeah, this one was fun. Yeah, All thanks right. for having me. This was great. See you guys Your next people week-ish. are great, by the way. Yours Your too. listeners are great. Yeah, so. we have we have great... I don't... God, I hate the word fans so much. I hate it. I'm like, subs? <laughs> they call them subs on YouTube. I want to steal that. <laughs> Friends? Soul tribe? Tribe. All right, anyway, bye. Whew.